Hey everybody, welcome to the Vegan Sexy Cool Podcast. I'm Jackie Reed and this is episode two. I hope you guys got a chance to check out episode one. If you have not, go check it out. It's good stuff and you can take the journey with us. Um, As I said in episode one, if you don't know, I am a vegan. I've been vegan for just two years, so I'm still somewhat of a newbie, but I've learned a lot along the way. And the whole point of doing the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast is to share a bit of what I've learned, um, a a bit of what I'm learning along the way, and just my experiences as a new vegan. So one of the things that I do like to share with you guys is what's going on in my kitchen. And if you follow me on at Vegan Sexy Cool on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, you'll see a lot of updates of what's going on in my life. And I did an unboxing this week on my IG stories. No, no, it's on my IGTV. I've been having issues with my IGTV since my iPhone updated. But anyway, I did an unboxing of my purple carrot delivery. And for those of you who don't know what purple carrot is. It is a meal kit delivery. So for vegans, it's all vegan food, but it is so delicious. You cannot stand it. And if you go to vegansexycool.com, I did a whole piece that I wrote on purple carrot and how they work. But every week I get a delivery. I get the contents for three different meals. Um, And so I did an unboxing so you can get an idea of what to expect. And if you go on my Vegan Sexy Cool um, IGTV, you'll see that unboxing. And it's, you know, the box is about this big and it's well refrigerated. Um, And you open it up and you can do three meals a week you know, dinners, seven, you know, depending on how big your household is, you can do breakfast and lunch as well. You can do as much as you want or as little as you want, but the food is just delicious. And I wanted to share with you one recipe that I made this week, because let me tell you something. I cooked it and ate it so fast. I forgot to take pictures. It was smoked portobello mushroom tacos. Listen to me. This was so delicious. You, uh, you will, you will lose your mind with the quality of the rest of the uh, recipes that they have. I was about to say restaurant because it makes you feel like you're having restaurant quality food. And really, I have to give a, myself a pat on the back sometimes because I cook these food, these um, meals, and they look incredible and they taste even better than they look. So, purple carrot. Go to Vegan Sexy Cool on Instagram and you can see that unboxing. Another thing that I want to share with you is something that I learned about. And you may have heard in the news recently, Oprah Winfrey talking about veganism and giving it a try. What she's doing is she's eating one plant-based meal a day. And I realized why she did this was because of a Super Soul Sunday. And if, you lo- if you're like me, you love Super Soul Sunday. I live for Super Soul Sunday. I don't watch it on TV as much as I do the podcast now. Now that that's available. And so she interviewed a woman. Um, her name is Susie Cameron. She is James Cameron's wife. And she is a longtime vegan. And she and her husband, and James Cameron is the big blockbuster movie director who did Avatar and Terminator and all these movies. Um, 
So James Cameron and his wife Susie have a school in California called the Muse School, and it's a sustainable school. And recently, I don't know how many years ago, they decided to go plant-based. Well, the parents, because the school was already established before they made this decision, the parents were up in arms because they were like, how do we maintain this? You know, it it can be that way when you're first introduced to veganism. How are we going to maintain this? What do we have to cook at home? How do we switch? I don't know how I feel about my kid being vegan. And the Camerons were like, listen, we're just talking about while they're at school, feed them whatever you want when they're at home, before they come to school, after school. But we're talking one plant-based meal a day. And Susie Cameron was like, aha, you know what? What if we encourage the world, all the people that are not vegan, to eat one plant-based meal a day? And I wanted to share this with you because I was just having a conversation yesterday, as I often do, and people who just kind of scratch their heads when it comes to veganism, and they're just trying to understand, how does it work? What do you eat? What do you not eat? It seems hard, is what they say. And what I have start, what I said to this woman that asked me yesterday, and what I'm going to start saying is, try one plant-based meal a day. Start there. And the difference that it will make, not just with your health, but with the environment, with cutting down on cruelty to animals, it will make such a difference. So Susie Cameron, she wrote a book about it. She launched a website. Let me give you the information about the website and check it out. It is OMD, one meal a day. So it's one plant-based meal a day for the planet.com. So it's OMD. For the planet.com. And I'll put it on my social media as well. And I'll put it on vegansexycoolaswell.com so you can find it. But check that out because I think you'll really be um, blown away with the statistics that she gives you on how you can really make a difference, like I said, with your health, with the environment, with the entire planet, with the, with the animal population by eating one vegan meal a day. Now, I don't know who can't do that. It's going to make you healthier, and it's not hard. You can do it for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So I just wanted to give you that information, and that's what I like to do when I start off um, this podcast is just to give you a little bit of information. Now, I have two really great guests um, that I want you to stay tuned in for. Um, The first is... um, Let me look for her name. I'm looking for her name. Yes, because her name, well, it's a nutritionist, right? It's a vegan nutritionist because for so many of us, and I have my little notes over here, for so many of us um, who are new to veganism, it can be a little confusing. You can carb overload, and that means you're eating things like french fries and pasta and rice and things like that and, um, and, and vegetables, but not getting enough proteins and just doing a lot of chips and things like that, which is really unhealthy. So Afia Ibomu is going to be my guest today. Um, You're going to love her. She's written a few books on how to live a plant-based life in a healthy way. Because like I said, you can be an unhealthy vegan, but she has written some great books. And we're going to talk to her and get some advice on how to be plant-based and be healthy. Then I'm going to talk to you about this organization called 
Hip-Hop is Green. This brother started this organization years ago. He was on this journey um, to try to eat plant-based, and he realized that he wanted to bring together young kids and teach them about eating plant-based because it was so good for them. So he provided free plant-based meals in communities around um, the country and did it with hip-hop artists as entertainment. So you you may not realize that a lot of hip-hop artists are actually vegan. So Jermaine Dupri, RZA from Wu-Tang, Waka Flocka, Andre 3000, and so many more. So I want to talk with this brother, share his story, and have him talk to you about why he thinks it's important um, for all of us, particularly those of us in the African-American community, to lean into veganism. Okay, so I am ready for my first guest. Afia Ibomu is a holistic nutritionist and the author of a number of books on living plant-based. Her book, Vegan Soul, for uh, oh, let me. I want to make sure I get this right, Afia. Her book, Vegan Soul Food: Guide to the Galaxy, was nominated for an African American Literary Award. Now, Afia is also a celebrity nutritionist, working with Erica Badu, Common, Dead Prez, and Talib Kweli. Please welcome Afia. Ibomu. Hey, Afia. Hey, how are you? Really well. Okay. First, I have to say Happy New Year. And then I want to know how your holiday was and what you ate for the holiday. What do you do for Christmas and New Year's? Uh, do you do the whole greens and black eyed peas? Like, what do you eat for Christmas dinner? Well, um, we don't really do Christmas, but we do do Kwanzaa. Okay. But, you know, I, I cook, so it's, you know, candy yams and collard greens and cornbread and sweet potato pie, all of those great things. Um, for New Year's, my friend, who's also a vegan chef, had a nice gathering and she had like dumplings and samosas and a whole Mediterranean platter. So there's always something to eat, <laughs> always something very I'm good I'm sure. I know you know how to put some good food on the table. <laughs> so for your holiday celebration, not Christmas, but Kwanzaa, got it. So let me ask you this. When you are cooking those traditional foods that we as Black people eat um, in this country for the holidays, do you try to make it healthy or during that time of the year, do you just kind of go all out? Do your candy yams have sugar and all of those things? Or do you keep those meals, those dishes healthy? Uh, I definitely keep them healthy. So for like sweeteners, I use maple syrup. Mm. Um, for mac and cheese, I'll just do like either a vegan cheese or sometimes I'll make my own cheese from potatoes and carrots and nutritional yeast. And that makes like a nice cheesy sauce. Um, and I actually did that this year. Yeah. And people really like that a lot instead of the vegan cheese. Because I'm trying to do a little less processed um, as well. Yeah. So, so, um, but yeah, I'll do coconut collard greens, you know, um, because that is a natural fat. So it makes the greens really tender. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I definitely am always doing the healthy stuff. I don't even buy white sugar. 
Um, if I'm baking, I'll use coconut sugar and maple syrup, things like that. So. Okay, I have to switch that up. I don't use a lot of sugar. I'm not a sweets person anyway, but I always pull it out for the holiday to make, um, you know, vegan cornbread, corn muffins that kind of taste like the Jiffy corn muffin that, you know, we all in the black community love so much. And then I'll use it a little bit for my candy yams, brown sugar, things like that. But I think I may switch it up. Um, and try some of your recipes. Talk to me about this coconut and the collard greens, though, because I feel like I have perfected my vegan greens. What yeah. What is the whole coconut situation? I've never heard of this. Okay, so um, that just, I don't even know how I started with that recipe, but one day I was just like, let me try some coconut milk in it because, you know, people want to put meat in their greens because of the fat that's in the meat. And that so flavor. That, it makes it flavor, and then it also makes the greens tender. Yeah. Right. And so coconut milk has a natural fat in it. So that also helps the greens be really tender. And then that um, pot, what's it called? Pot liquor? Oh, yeah. Oh. Pot liquor. Yeah. That you drink after that the greens yeah. sit in. So the coconut milk pot liquor is so good. I <laughs> bet so it good. is. Put in a can of, you know, organic coconut milk and um, some vegetable broth, some garlic onion powder, that kind of stuff. It's really a simple recipe. And it is in my book, The Vegan Soul Food Guides to Galilee. Yeah, I was going to say, let me get that title correct, because I think I kind of botched it up. Um, so I'm glad that you said it there. But I want to talk to you, too, about processed foods. Um, because I know for you, it's important that we move away from that. If you're going to eat a vegan diet, and especially if you're new to veganism, it's easy to lean in to the processed food because they're just, you know, everybody's making them now. And it's just easier as opposed to just kind of figuring out, you know, with plants and fruits and, and you mm -hmm. know, legumes and different things like that, you know, grains. It's kind of harder for a lot of people that are just starting to figure it out. But just talk for a little bit about the problems with processed foods in our diets and our, with our bodies. Well, the thing about processed foods is that so things like cereal, bread, pasta, cakes, cookies, you know, that kind of stuff. It's so um, drying, right? It's so dry. So what that means is that your body has to add water, you know, to try to digest those foods. And I'll give you an example. So my son, I have a four-year-old and, you know, I'm a busy mom. I do a million things right, and he, right. he eats certain foods all the time. And there was a point where he was getting very constipated. Right. And I was like, why is this guy so constipated? We do eat healthy, but I didn't realize how much processed foods he was eating to the point it would, he'd be crying trying to go to the bathroom. And so my mm. husband said we should take him to the doctor. And I was like, my instinct was like, no, we're going to go on a cleanse. We went on a detox and I just gave him whole foods, nothing processed. And literally in a day and a half, he was just going regular, no problems, no issues. So at this point, he can't really do processed foods or can only do it a little bit. Well, so what types of things were you giving him just for moms out there that might, you know, want to learn from this? Like when you what was he eating cookies out of packages or, or what was he eating that was processed? OK, so everything, of course, in our house is vegan, but he would have like cereal, just regular, you know, cereal from the health food store. Right. right? Oh. Um, for breakfast, he would have like a sandwich for lunch. Mm -hmm. he, we might have um, pasta, spaghetti for dinner. Mm -hmm. um, or a snack um, at school, I would send him like these um, gluten-free uh, graham crackers for a snack for lunch. So, you know, that's three, four or five processed things. 
know what I'm saying? And so just basic things you feel like, but it's natural, it's healthy, it's organic, you know, all of that stuff. But because it's so processed and so dry, his body was having a hard time digesting. And wow. he was also becoming a little congested as well. And so, um, so the basic stuff you give to your kids, um, if you're noticing constipation, if you're noticing congestion, it's probably the processed foods. And so besides it being so dry for your body and it's hard to digest, um, it also raises your blood sugar, you know, yeah. pretty quickly um, because it's so processed. Um, so not good for blood sugar and it's not good for like your bowels and your digestion. Yeah. And all the sodium is probably why it's so drying as well. All the sodium yeah. that goes into processed yeah. foods. Yeah. So you mentioned you have, uh, how many children do you have? I have two. I have two. a four-year-old and an 18-year-old. Now, are they, did you raise them both vegan? I know because there have been so many stories in the news, right, about yeah. parents getting this wrong when they're trying to have their kids, raise their kids on a vegan diet. Are both of your kids vegan? Well, my 18-year-old, I had been vegan five years when I got pregnant with my 18-year-old. Mm -hmm. And he was vegan until the age of nine. So throughout pregnancy until nine years old. Then we found wow. out he had food allergies. So he was allergic to soy and gluten. Um, and so I allowed him to eat fish sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then my youngest, um, he had food allergies as well. We had him tested when he was one and a half. And because it, it just runs in my family. That's another reason of why I even started my journey is because I had a lot of allergies. So mm. he was allergic to soy, gluten, nuts, um, and sesame. So that means no tofu, no hummus, you know, a lot of the high protein foods that vegans eat. He right. Eat. So he does eat fish as well. But other than that, he's plant-based, no dairy and stuff like that. But when you were feeding them just a vegan diet, um, what did you do as a parent to make sure that it was a balanced meal and that they were getting everything that they need? Because I think a lot of pe people walk away from the headlines and think you can't raise a child on a vegan diet, but you can. Yeah, you definitely can. Um, one, like if you're a new parent, you want to make sure that you're breastfeeding. Right, um, breastfeeding as much as you possibly can because your breast milk has all the nutrients that your kids need and it changes as your child grows. So I breastfed my kids, both of them for two years. And um, so your breast milk has everything. And then it's hard to find a vegan formula that's not super processed or soy based. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some people have issues being able to digest soy. So definitely you want to breast milk, uh, breastfeed as much as you can. Yeah. And as far as meals, and even now, you know, it's not like they eat fish every day because they don't, you know, I, I cook a lot of vegan meals. It's just sometimes supplemental. Um, so every meal, you want to make sure that you're having a green vegetable at every single meal, right? Um, a whole grain a car or a carbohydrate at, at the meal. So that would either be a rice or um, a sweet potato, a regular potato, that some kind of carbohydrate at your meal, and then as well as a protein. So if that's beans, if that's tofu, if that's tempeh, um, even like a nut sauce on top of things, um, making sure you're having those three main things at every meal, as well as you want to make sure they're eating raw food every day. So that could be raw um, fruit, right? Or it could be like a smoothie or a raw juice, something like that, because that's going to help your digestion. That's going to give them the enzymes they need to help digest the food, give them energy. You can definitely have vegan kids, you know, so you just have to make sure that you're on point with how they're eating and how you're eating as yeah. well as. So, yeah. yeah. 
Good, yeah. good tips, good advice. Um, so I have to ask you about supplements, and we talked about this before, but I yeah. want you to share with this audience your fit because a lot of people are like, okay, I'm not going to get the B12 that I need, so I t- need to take yeah. a B12 supplement every day. I need to make sure I'm taking, you know, this multivitamin and that. I need to make sure that I'm replacing my vitamin D. That there are a lot of things that, um, and there are a lot of articles out there and reports mm-hmm. that talk about this. How do you feel about supplements once someone goes? vegan and I'm talking adults here. Yeah, I'm not a large fan of supplements um, because ultimately they are, they're processed as well, right? Mm. Um, it's not like you can go out and pick vitamin B off something, you know, so they yeah. it's different food. And so it's also highly um, concentrated. And so what that does to your liver over time is it stresses your liver, right? And it can cause liver issues. So I'm not a fan of taking supplements every single day. And so people, I feel like they focus a lot on B12, but we only need 2.4 micrograms of B12 a day, right? That is a super small amount. (laughs) That's a very small amount. That's very small. You know what I'm saying? 2.4 micrograms, not even one gram, a microgram, right? So a hundredth of a gram um, a day. So um, it's not like you need that much. And you can get that from non-dairy milks that have it. You can get it from nutritional yeast. Um, You can get it from seaweed. It's not always bioavailable. So there's, you know, yes, you can. No, you can't. Um, It just depends. Um, So you can get it on a plant-based diet. And, you know, like cows get it from eating dirt. That is where they actually get it from because it is grown in soil. So if you're growing your own food and you have organic food, you probably will have traces of that as well. So also, if you're just transitioning to a plant-based diet, B12 stays in your system for three to five years. So if you've been eating meat and you just started plant-based, you're not even going to have to worry about B12 for about three to five years anyway, because your body will just use any excess stores that it has for about three to five years. And then in that time, hopefully you will be finding certain sources and taking that in on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. So I have to ask you this as well. A lot of folks are excited that they can go to Burger King um, and Kentucky Fried Chicken and places like that to get what people call the fake beats, impossible burgers, beyond burgers and such. Um, How do you feel about those things? You know, I know you don't want us to eat it every day, but every once in a while... Yeah, they're supplemental foods, you know, um, and even I had got caught up like, oh, Beyond Meat, let me try it. It was so good. I was buying it a lot, you know, and then I was like, this is just it just started not feeling right. I was like, this is still very processed, guys. We got to cut it out because my family was loving it. They was like, buy some more, buy some more, buy it all the time. You know, and I was right, like, yeah, right. Way too processed, you know, and so it's a sometime food. So I will buy one package a week for four people. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much once or twice a week, you'll be okay. But every single day, every meal, that is way too much. Okay. If you don't know what's, what the ingredients mean, you probably don't need to be eating that all the time. It's a, it's a true rule. It's a good rule to follow whether you're vegan or not. Well, Afia, thank you so much for talking to us. And tell us where we can find you on social media and tell us where we can find your podcast. Okay, um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Afia Ibomu, A-F-Y-A-I-B-O-M-U. And also this year, I'm celebrating my 30-year anniversary of being plant-based. Nice. Congratulations. 
you. So I will have an Instagram page, 30 Years Plant Based, um, where I'll be sharing tips and, and just my journey and, and a lot of fun stuff and, and ways to live a plant-based diet and be healthy and do it long term. Um, and our podcast is the RBG Fit Club podcast. It's available anywhere you can stream podcasts. All right, lady. Thank you as always. Great advice. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, bye. So Keith Tucker has been a businessman and a community activist for more than 20 years. In 2008, he decided to learn to live vegan. Now, it was a journey, and what he discovered was a desire to use hip-hop to educate young people on the benefits of veganism. He launched a series of community events where he served free plant-based meals to young folks and had hip-hop performers on hand to entertain. And Hip Hop Green was born. Please welcome the founder and executive director of Hip Hop is Green, Keith Tucker. Hi, Keith. Hey, Jackie. How you doing? I'm really well. I'm so glad, you know, we met a while back and I'm so glad to finally have the opportunity to interview you. And I want to get started by you taking me back um, to this journey back in 2008. What made you want to become plant based? Um, you know, interesting enough, Jackie, I came from radio as well. Yeah. I had my own radio show, The Keith Tucker Show here in Seattle, 1150 AM KKNW. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we can't and, help uh, ourselves. Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> so I I wanted to kind of interview people in hip hop that were vegan. That was my new idea for my radio show. Wow. And so, yeah. And that was back, you know, in 2007, really, when I came up with the concept. Um, I started doing research on people in hip hop that were vegan at the time. And I found out that there was this whole world of underground world of people in hip hop that were vegan. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a great series. But I think I need to put the Big Mac down while I'm doing this series. Mm, okay. you know, I need to give up the barbecue ribs while I'm doing it <laughs> and actually just go vegan myself. You know, and so that's really the impetus for me to start this journey was that radio show. And one thing led to another where I found myself actually going vegan, filming the process, going out, doing field trips and learning more and more and more about this whole movement. Yeah, you did a documentary, didn't you? Well, I was working on a documentary, Jackie, and I didn't finish it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I needed more budget budget for it. But Don't we the reason all? But yeah, the reason why I wanted to do the documentary, the end result was I wanted to get kids, especially young people in urban areas, turned on to plant-based food. I thought the film was a perfect opportunity to do that, perfect vehicle. But once I got out there and I did the first Hip Hop is Green dinner, I was like, wow, like I can just cut out the middleman and get the food right in the people's mouth. Yeah. And so that's when my idea kind of flipped from the film thing into the actual live events that we do. So I, I really I'm so glad we're talking because, you know, I'm somewhat of a new vegan. It's been two years for me, so I'm still new to this, but I'm excited about it. And mm -hmm. I'm definitely, uh, you know, excited about sharing what I've learned about the benefits of it with our community, right? But the yeah. resistance that I get, so many people in the African-American community feel like this is just something that is not for us. And I wonder if you've dealt with that and if you can talk to people about why this is for us. 
Okay. Yes, I have dealt with that. Um, from my own family, you yeah. know, at first, right? You know, your family, why are you eating that stuff? <laughs> you know, why aren't you eating some of these chitlins that we have? <laughs> you, you know, and it's like, oh my God, you yeah. know? And so the first layer of, 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 of that you have to cover is your family, right? Because right. it's a cultural thing that we've grown up with all our lives from generation to generation to generation on these cultural foods. And it doesn't matter if you're black, you're Latino or whatever, Puerto Rican, we have all of these different cultural foods. So it's hard to break the cycle because yeah. guess what? Food is addictive. Yes sugar, fat, the comfort of eating the food, mm -hmm. that can be really addictive. And so you got that addiction, then you got the cultural stuff mixed in there, and it's just a real serious resistance. But what breaks the resistance down is actually putting some good vegan food in someone's mouth. Yeah, And that's what I call the epiphany moment, mm -hmm. right? Because I had the epiphany moment when I first started and I laid down the, the, the ribs and I was like, man, I don't want to eat that nasty tofu square and the nuts and salad. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just not right. with it. You know, I had an epiphany moment when I went to the Seattle Veg Fest and I tried vegan food for the first time. And they had a whole world of food that I didn't know. And I actually like some of the stuff. Right. And I was like, wow, like, it's not really that bad. I can actually do it. Right. You know, so I've been trying to create that epiphany moment ever since then for people that I know in my family and for people that come to our live events. Yeah. I'm telling you with me, it's the conversation that all, it, it always comes up with black people. Well, you know, as slaves, like we're so proud that we took yeah. those scraps that we were given and turned it into, you know, these, this, this delicacy. Right. And right. I'm like, well, we still don't have to be slaves to food. You know, slavery is over. <laughs> you know what, too, Jackie? It's uh, um, that food that they were eating, too, didn't have as many chemicals in it as it does now. Very because true. We have, yeah, we have chemicals in the ground. Well, they, they, they pump the animals with chemicals. And then, you know, the way that they're treated and all of these things make a toxic mix yeah. of diabetes, cancer, heart attack, and stroke that we're dealing with. So your great grandmother's hog that she was eating is not the same hog that the people are eating today. That's a really good point. That's very true. Now, what is it that, you know, why do you think that there's so many, so many people in the hip hop community that are actually vegans? Yeah, I think it's Nipsey Hussle was a vegan too, right? I, I, no, he, he was transitioning. His was mother. Trans yeah. His mother's a vegan. Okay. And so, you know, it was rubbing off on him while while he was going through it and he was transitioning. Okay. You know, he got onto the Dr. Sebi stuff and all yes. of that. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I believe that. What was the question again? I was asking you why, if, if there was it, and there may not be an answer for this, but I wonder why uh, so many hip hop artists you discovered were actually vegans. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, you know. What I would say is this, I've been involved in hip hop for over 40 years, Jackie. Mm. Hip hop has always been whatever the streets and the world needs, yeah. hip hop provides that. So whether it's the good part of it or the bad part of it, we're always the CNN of what's going on in the black community. <laughs> yeah. That's what he says, right? Yeah. So what I thought, and this is just my, my theory, is that it's happening again. 
but it's taking on a new element, which is health and wellness, getting back to uh, being a part of the earth, getting your body right. All of these things are just naturally happening in the hip hop community and more and more people are talking about it. So, you know, how do we get to these things when people are talking about the drug epidemic back in the eighties and, and all these things that happened? Hip hop just naturally does it because it's a part of the environment that we're living in. Maybe it has to do with cancer, heart attack, diabetes, and stroke. And we've been seeing all our people get their legs cut off and die and get glaucoma and all these things. And yeah. artists, artists are saying, wow, you know, Uncle Pete just died and then Auntie Sue had a heart attack. Maybe I need to write a song about it. Or maybe I need to start eating better and I'm an MC. So, you know, my lyrics are starting to change because of that. Then I'm having conversations with other people in the, in the hip hop community about it. And, it, it, you know, it spreads on and on like that. Yeah. So tell us about Hip Hop is Green, the dinners that you have, the events that you have. What exactly is it? Are, like, take me to a Hip Hop is Green dinner. For sure. So it, it, when you come to Hip Hop is Green Dinner, you're going to be welcome first. Like we welcome everybody to the event. Then we have an introduction on what Hip Hop is Green is. And then we uh, have a speaker and then we have a performer. So it kind of goes back from speaker, speaker to the performer, speaker, performer. And, you know, our audience is young people and families, but we get the whole community now. Right. But we try to keep it not long-winded. We don't want to preach to the people or lecture, but we want to give them the hard-hitting facts and all of that stuff. And we want to entertain them as, as well. So we go back from education to entertainment, education, entertainment, education, entertainment. And mm -hmm. then boom, we serve a whole full vegan meal mm -hmm. to the crowd. And most of the people haven't had a vegan meal. Like we were in Baltimore in October and there was a lot of people in the crowd in Baltimore, you know, in a place where there isn't food in the community, a food desert. Right. Yeah. yeah. These people love the food. They, and they were so surprised on how good it tastes. And shout out to the land of Kush in Baltimore who did the food for us at that event. Uh, people were having epiphany moments all throughout the crowd. Yeah. You know, so that's really what a hip hop green dinner is that 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 nucleus there. And what happened, Jackie, is this in 2015, we did the first ever plant based hip hop tour in history. We went to eight cities all around the country. I had a team of hip hop artists with me and we were doing these green dinners. Every city we went to, we had people having the epiphany moments, but we also had hip hop artists and people in the movement that would come to our events and say, I want to be down with what you guys are doing. Wow. I'm vegan. I'm a, a gardener. I do. I'm into fitness. I've been doing it for years. How can I be down with hip hop is green? Then what I did is I started chapters of Hip Hop is Green all around the country so that we can provide more than just one event. Because we need, like, the event is the, is the springboard, right. right, to jump you in. But what happens after we jump you in? It's like, oh, I don't know how to cook the food. I don't know where it is. You know, all these things happen. Right. That's where our chapters take the baton and they teach the people how to live their life plant-based or wherever they want to go with it. If they want to learn gardening, they want to learn fitness, whatever it is, we have six pillars that we work through, you know, in Hip Hop is Green as a national organization. So- what advice, Keith, would you give to someone who comes to one of your events or maybe they're listening or watching this interview and they say, OK, you know what? I'm going to give this a try, but it feels hard. How do I even get started? What advice would you give someone? 
I, I would say just like I did. Um, well, not like I did. I jumped in and did it full bore. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's hard. Like a lot of people are not capable of doing that. Right. Right. So what I would say is baby step your way through the process. Maybe the first day or the first week say, you know what? I'm going to give up milk and cheese this week. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. going to try all the different plant based milks, try the different cheeses, see what I like. And I'm going to roll with that this week. Right. And then yeah. if you like that, then next week, say, you know what, two or three days out of the week, I'm going to figure out how many plant based meals that I can use. And I'm going to cut down on my meat consumption and see if I can do that and just experiment with those type of uh, uh, different scenarios. And, and, and then pretty soon you'll figure out that you can go longer and longer and longer stretches without having the meat. It's, I'm telling you, Jackie, it's like an addiction. Yeah. Meat is an addiction. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also 27 years clean and sober, mm, right? Congratulations. So, thank you so much. So I know about addiction and yeah. how it works in the mind and how the serotonin and all these things, yes. that happen, right? So it's the same thing with food. You have to actually just kick yourself off of the sugar. You have to kick sugar. Some people are are sugar addicts. Uh, Supernova Slum, shout out to Supernova Slum. He has a video called Sugar Crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Check it out, man. It talks about it. So, but I would say, baby step your way into it. And there's so many plans out there that'll show you how to baby step your way into it. I love that. So, Keith, where can people? You've got chapters all over the country. Yeah. How can people find out how they can help? Um, just go to hiphopisgreen.com. We're on IG, Hip Hop is Green, everywhere Hip Hop is Green. Most important thing, and I want to invite you, your staff, your friends, your family, everybody, really. We're having the first ever Hip Hop is Green Expo here in Seattle what? in March. Yeah, yeah. People from around the country, all of our chapters are going to be here. Nice. Entertainers. It's going to be a whole thing. We've got women's body, plant-based bodybuilders that will be here. Mm-hmm. We're doing trap vinyasa. Uh, we've got <laughs> chef j- demos that are happening. Make the Mecca to, to Seattle. Come to the Convergence, which is the, uh, you know, the, the, the expo, March 6th. We'll be here, and I want to see you here, Jackie. And uh, I mean, it's, that's that's a place to start because you'll see so many people from around the country that people can meet. Yeah, expos are good if you're thinking about doing it. Going to a festival or an expo, um, a vegan festival or expo, is a great way to kind of introduce yourself to a lot of you know organizations and people out there to get advice from. So I love that you're doing this. Did you say trap vinyasa? Yes, I did, ma'am. <laughs> I thought I heard that, but I was not sure. Uh, yes, ma'am. What is trap vinyasa? So it's it's trap music, but you're, but but you're you're listening to trap music and you're doing yoga at the same time. Okay, so and I'm a yogi, so I gotta try this. Yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta come and check it out. I'm telling you, we're doing some. Hip hop always innovates wherever we go. We yeah. do the same thing in the fashion industry. Yeah. We revolutionize it, right? Yeah. And now what we're doing is we're revolutionizing plant-based health and wellness, and we're flipping it, and we're doing it the hip hop way. And I always tell people, hip hop is the strongest force on planet Earth when it comes to youth. Mm. And if we can move hip hop in a green direction, we can move the world in a green direction. 
I love that. Keith, thank you so much for being my guest. And I guess I'll see you in March because I don't know how I can miss this. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode, the second episode of the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. Be sure to go to vegansexycool.com and uh, subscribe to our newsletter because we're going to have a lot of great deals. We're going to have events coming up, things that you don't want to miss. So be sure and go there and check in. There's a lot of great information on veganism when it comes to not just food, but beauty and fashion and just wellness and so many other things. And be sure and follow me on at Vegan Sexy Cool on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, you guys, I'm Jackie Reed wishing you wellness. Mwah.